Welcome to Skills in Action. This is Stephanie Redcross West from Vegan Mainstream, and I'm here to ignite your entrepreneurial spirit and guide you on a journey of growth and success. I'm thrilled to have you here because it means you're ready to take your business to new heights. You're seeking growth, improvement, and that extra push to make things happen. Well, my friend, you've come to the right place. So get ready to be inspired, challenged, and motivated. This is your nudge, your invitation to soar. Together, we'll unlock your full potential and make your entrepreneurial dreams a reality. It won't always be easy, but it will be worth it, I promise. So let's dive in and make magic happen. We all have those like memorable experiences. You know, you went to a concert, you heard someone speak, maybe you went to a play or something um, that was performed on stage and you got so excited and moved. Not only did you buy the t-shirt, the album, you told everyone on social media about it. The key is I want people to have that same experience, that same kind of excitement about your cooking classes. So Today's episode is for any of my folks out there that are cooking instructors, anyone out there who is teaching in classes. And what you want to do is figure out a way to make your classes better, to increase that experience, to kind of elevate what people experience when they come to your classes. Today's episode is going to be for you. Lesson focus, targeting audience and what phase of business you are in. We're going to discover that in this next segment. One thing I always like to do when I'm doing these kind of podcasts and doing these episodes is talk about what's the focus of this lesson? Who is this lesson for when you are listening today? So number one, this is obviously a very targeted episode. This is an episode for people who are cooking instructors. So if you're not a cooking instructor, you might skip to the next episode. I completely understand and respect that. Now, if you maybe don't do cooking classes, but you do some type of class environment, this is still going to be relevant for you. Say you do fitness classes, say you teach something else in a class kind of setting. When I say class setting, this isn't just for people who are doing in-person classes, but what I really want to dive into today is how do you make your classes really exceptional, especially if you're doing them online? Because what happens is as you do more and more offerings kind of in this digital space, what can feel like, I guess, the experience that people have, it can feel like every class is the same. You know, you kick off some video conferencing software. And when you kick off that software, everybody comes in, you cook. And at the end, you say thank you. And people leave and they actually say, you know, if they like the class. And what I think people sometimes struggle with is when you're in person, you feel sometimes that personal connection. You feel that, you know, experience because the venue is a different location or because you do classes in person. You know, it's different in this city or town or this zip code or this part of your city. But what can happen is when you come online, they can all start to feel the same. They can all start to feel like, you know, isn't everyone's online class exactly the same? And many of us have been in online sessions 
and kind of been like, ugh, this is the same old, same old thing. And what I want you to think about today is how you can separate from that same old, same old experience. Some things that you can do, especially when you do online classes, so that your experience always becomes something that your students rave about. So whether you're just getting started or growing, this is great for you. Now, you could use this in scaling, but let's maybe talk about that. If you are in the scaling stage, I think this lesson is going to be important to you. If you're a person that adding classes expands your expands your portfolio. Maybe you've done courses before. Maybe you've done, you know, other types of events uh, or other types of activities and you're just getting into classes as an expansion opportunity, then this is for you. But I probably would say our lesson focus here is more for people who are starting out and for my growing businesses out there because these are enhancers. These are things that you're either applying to something you're already doing or if you're starting out with cooking classes, we want to make sure that out the gates, your classes are really strong, amazing, and get people excited excited. Picture a place where you can go to connect with other vegan entrepreneurs, learn and practice new skills to grow and scale your business. Take courses to deepen your learning, ask questions and get live feedback from industry experts and more. That place is skills. If you want to propel your vegan or plant-based business to the next level, join us today for our paid membership. Not ready to upgrade? No problem. Please continue to enjoy this free podcast. Let's talk about expectations. Let's talk about the benefits of spending time making your classes memorable and enhancing the experience. I know for many of us, it feels like I already have too much to do. Maybe you even feel like your classes, like, oh, my classes are good. My food's amazing. People love it. Or maybe you even feel like, hey, I'm getting raving reviews. And I'm not trying to say that what you're doing right now is bad. This is not a lesson where I'm evaluating you. What I'm really trying to do, hopefully, in today's podcast, and then also if you dive deeper into the lesson, is I'm trying to show you that often when we put things in place in our business, we get that baseline in place. You know, you're setting up your classes, you're getting in your software, you know, you're setting the tone, the flow, you're picking the recipes, and then, you know, you're sprinkling in with your own personal style. What can happen is either A, your classes can become stagnant, meaning you've been doing them for a while and it kind of feels like, oh, I'm doing the same thing all the time. And as the instructor, you don't have that same buzz that you always had. And one way to kind of reconnect with that fire is to relook at what you're doing and see what you can do differently in this environment to not only inspire you again, but to also make your classes feel, you know, like it's a two-way street and people feel really engaged. Because what can happen in any environment when we're teaching, when we're training, that sometimes it feels like we're just talk, 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 talking at people. And what I want you to do differently is I want you to think of your classes as an experience that people feel like they're drawn into. I want people to feel like when they come to your classes, it's not just what you teach, it's how you engage them. And there's so many different ways to do that. When I talk about this lesson and give you the deep dive in our community, I talk about how important it is to build an interactive component. 
I think that's one of the key things that we miss at times when we're doing a class. And when I say an interactive component, the idea is we're in your kind of, as I would say, like run of show, or when you think about the flow of your class, when and where do you pull your students in? When do they get to respond? And I don't mean just anybody have any questions, because yeah, that's a general way to do it. But how do you set it up so that they can respond to something you're doing? And one way to do that is through having questions, you know, quick little surveys that happen throughout your class where you ask people questions. And I don't mean complicated questions or I don't mean something where it feels like it's trivia types of questions. Well, you could do something like that, I guess. But something that allows them to participate and say, you know, what their favorite vegetable is, where someone gets to say, you know, what's their favorite kitchen equipment or, you know, appliance that they have. Something that's fun and light and everyone can participate, even if it's the first time they're coming to one of your classes and learning in what you're you're teaching. So often we forget that these are things we can bake into a class. The other thing is the content that you offer. Like, what do you do at the beginning of your class, what do you do in the middle of your class? And what do you do at the end of your class to make sure that in the whole time, people feel engaged? Because a lot of cooking classes can be long. Most cooking classes are about an hour and a half. And to really keep people engaged, you know, some people are just very charismatic and you may be one of those people. So you're like, oh, you know, I got it. Um, and I got that. If you are, that's beautiful. That's amazing. But I think all of us can benefit from making sure that your audience feels like they belong there. And what can happen after an hour, 30 minutes, 40 minutes after time, people can feel lost. People can maybe not feel like they're a part of the experience, feel like they're the audience on the other side. So I want you to think about what content that you might show. I mean, a lot of people will even show videos in the middle of their cooking classes. And I don't mean like a 30-minute video. I mean two or three-minute video. Maybe it's a highlight reel. Maybe it's a blooper reel. Maybe it's something where you're teaching them something that instead of you doing it on screen, you could do it in video. Maybe you're showing them quick knife skills or maybe about storage, how to store certain items in the fridge or store something that's within your class. So think about not just how do you engage them from surveys. One other thing that we're going to talk about in this lesson and even today's um, podcast is I want you to think about how do you create engaging content that pulls people in. And then the last thing I want you to think about today when you're thinking about how to make your cooking classes very memorable is how do you do the q and A? I I mean, one of the benefits of doing online classes, one of the benefits of like doing classes and especially in a live environment is people can say, oh, wait a minute, I have a quick question. Or why did you do this? Or why did you choose this? Or can I substitute A, B, and C? You know, people have questions when they're learning. And what happens at times is, you know, it's great for us to jump on YouTube and watch something. But what makes your classes kind of different is people can ask you as the expert there what they should do when A, B, and C happens. And I find it's so important to think about how do you make the Q&A process better and stronger? Because sometimes when we think of Q&A, we just think of, well, I'll just ask people if they have questions. And yes, that can work. 
But remember, we want to make this exceptional. We want to make this like a totally different experience. So I'm going to nudge you to do more. I'm going to nudge you to try different techniques. And in the lesson, I walk through a couple of different options. So today I'll just drop one here. And then if you want more, you know, obviously go into the lesson and and access that information. But one thing I love to do, and actually, I I think I'm going to give you two tips, is not only figure out how you're going to do a Q&A, but for a lot of people, especially when you have larger cooking classes, consider having a moderator. A moderator can dramatically change your Q&A experience. Because as a cooking instructor, you know, when you're doing a cooking class, you're looking at the food, you know, sometimes you're doing timing, you know, you're tasting, you're doing all these things that it's so many hats that you're wearing. And being able to like, look at the chat, look at the questions that are popping up can get a little bit hard. It can be easy to miss a question. And also it's just a distance thing. You know, sometimes your computer and everything's a little bit further from you, the camera, you know, where the dish and everything you're working on, especially if you're cooking or something like that to your near stove and so forth. So your equipment has to be further away. It's hard to catch some of those questions or things that people say. So having somebody who's monitoring those, that feed of questions, they can say and grab your attention and say, hey, so-and-so had a question about this. You know, can you answer that right now? Or if people ask similar questions, your moderator can jump in and answer it and say, oh, you know, she already mentioned this or, hey, this is where you can go online and get that information. So it creates a totally different dynamic. The other thing is maybe you can't afford a moderator. Maybe you're not ready for a moderator. Another tip I want to give is sometimes when you're doing Q&As, instead of asking people like big questions, especially for people who are a little bit shy, they're not ready to turn on their microphone and ask a question. I love to do things where I ask people to drop like a one word answer or an emoji as a response to a question. And what happens is it allows more people to participate because it's not a huge thought provoking answer that they have to provide you, or they don't feel like they're on the spot. But when you can ask a question and a person just drops in, you know, a smiley face emoji or a frown face emoji or a thumb up or a thumb down, kind of like yes and no kind of questions, everyone can participate. Everyone can jump in. And it's a great way to warm up your audience. And it's a great way to also make sure that they feel like they're there and there's an avenue and a way for them to participate. So whether you do emojis or even if it's a one word answer, I find that's a great way to pull in your audience. Now, if you're looking for more ideas, always remember in our full lesson online and our online community, I walk through all the different enhancers. I walk through what you can do for Q&As, what you can do for content enhancements, how you can drive interaction. So there's a full list of that. Plus, I walk through not only how do you set up a checklist for your classes to make them more engaging and some of the benefits of, you know, enhancing experience in an online versus offline experience. So there's more and more goodies for you in there. And as always, this podcast is kind of a teaser for you. It helps you know what content to jump into in our online community. Or if you're just joining as one of our podcast listeners, I'm hoping, you know, the ideas and recommendations I've walked through today have inspired you a little bit, made you think about your cooking classes a little bit differently and giving you an opportunity to reshape the experience to make them better. It's time for a walk, run, or sprint. This is our segment where we break down the strategy and talk about how you should implement it. 
One thing I love to do in our podcast is talk about how do you implement something like this? Is this something, you know, that you're going to sprint? Let's get it done as fast as humanly possible. Is this something you're going to run? Meaning it's a moderate pace, but, you know, we're going to do it with some speed and intention. Or is this more of a walk strategy? Is this something you gradually put in place? One thing I would say about this is this is something that I want you to put in place quickly. This is one of those rapid things. This is one of the things where you're going to knock it out. Because here's why. The idea is you may not be doing cooking classes all the time. You know, you may be only doing four or five a year. You may only be doing one once a month. And what I find for this experience is you need practice. You need to kind of get used to cooking and interacting and responding. Or if you're going to bring in a moderator, like the example we talked about, your moderator's got to feel your flow. So I do feel like this is something where it's easy to implement. So you don't have to go slow because it's not very hard to add like a poll feature to an online, you know, class, especially if you're using video conferencing. It's not difficult to implement something, like I said, like the emoji you know, Q&A approach. These are things that are easy to put in place. The other reason I like this as more of a sprint strategy is because there's a lot of ways you can do this. So it's not like you have this like one big heavy thing to do. You really have an opportunity to, you know, work on Q&A in your next one. And then when class number two comes around, you start to add interaction And then class number three comes around, you put content enhancements in place. So the idea is this is a strategy that you can build on over time, but it's a strategy that shouldn't be hard. So I do want to recommend that you go into the lesson and pick one of these and put it in place as soon as you have your next class, because it's something that in real time in a class, you can see how people respond And it's something that is, like I mentioned before, fairly easy to put in place. So please, please, please definitely jump into this. Now, if you're excited about this training, if you like this kind of window into it, I do want to make sure you're able to access this training. So remember, all of the full length training for enhancing your cooking classes is going to be in our online program online community called skills. Remember at the show notes, there's going to be a link directly to it. Now our full lessons are available, you know, to our paid members. So if you want to become a member, there's always a link down there so you can become a member. And if you're already a paid member, just click on the link and you can jump over to it. The other thing I just want to mention as far as where to find this content or how to access it is this is kind of training that we put in place in our, what we call developing offers. In our online community, one thing that we're constantly trying to do is we want to show you not just how to do like the marketing side of things, like how to get more customers and how to get people to sign up and, you know, how to use all these marketing tools. This is one of those lessons where often at times, I want you to also think about how do you make what you sell better? Because if your classes become a better experience, more people will sign up for it. Your marketing will become easier because the people that are in your classes will always help you market it. So I do want you at times to think about, you know, training from the standpoint of not just marketing or being better marketers, but also being a better 
person around delivering the services that you offer. And then finally, as we recap and close out this episode, one thing I want to make sure that you kind of take away from today's episode is there's so many ways to make a class exceptional. There's so many ways to transform that experience. And as we mentioned, I designed this specifically for cooking class instructors in mind, just to get things kind of a grounding because I didn't want to talk too general that I didn't feel like you can apply it. But remember, you can use this for any types of classes, anything that you do online. And I dare even say workshops, you know, virtual or online workshops can benefit from this as well. So if you're a person that does training online, and especially if you use video conferencing software, this lesson's going to work for you because what this lesson is trying to do is it's basically saying, okay, if you want to enhance that experience, there's three main buckets or three main ways to do it. And those three ways are driving better interaction, you know, content engagement, meaning making sure the content and what you offer pulls people in to your classes, and then making sure that Q&A kind of format and flow is stronger, better, and diverse. So you really have kind of like three levers to use. And within each one of those in the full lesson, I give you, there's actually a downloadable PDF for each one of them, where I give you examples of what you can do to enhance that. And what I also want to stress today is that this kind of training, and also I'm hoping you're taking from this podcast, is that everything we do can benefit from some optimization, can benefit from us adding. But remember, I don't want you to go out and do everything because what happens is when we try to do everything and make things perfect, either A, we overwhelm ourselves or B, we're trying to obtain this kind of like level of experience that feels either too far away from us or we set the bar so high that trying to climb up there keeps you from making progress. And what I want you to do and what you take away from today's episode is that I always want you to do things one step at a time. So even if I have gazillion recommendations for you, always pick one or two, implement them and see how they go. Don't strive for this like perfect experience. Don't strive for this experience that's just like what someone else did. Don't look at what you're doing and critique it and say, oh yeah, I looked at Stephanie's ideas or I listened to today's podcast and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not doing these things. You know, what was I thinking? My classes aren't A, B, and C. This is not a critique or a process and saying what you're not doing well. This is the other. This is that motivation. This is an opportunity for you to say, how can I keep making what I do better? This is the idea factory, let's call it in a sense, on how you can do what you do best from teaching classes. How can you do it better so your students get more, so people's experience flower? And like we even mentioned earlier in this episode, so that you as the instructor constantly feel that new excitement and buzz about what you do. As always, thank you for your time listening to today's podcast. I hope today's class, you know, got you fired up about it. I hope today's class got you thinking about things differently and stretched you in a couple of ways. And I hope that if you are one of our paid members, you take that next step 
and check out the lessons. You can get all the details. But if you're just listening to this as one of our free podcast listeners, I hope today's ideas are something you can chew on and something you can implement so that all of your students not only get more out of the experience, they create that opportunity to shout it from the mountaintops, as they say, about how great classes are with you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Skills in Action. I'd love to hear, what did you think? Did you have any aha moments? What got you fired up? Remember, if you're feeling unsure or like you could use support, I'm always here. You're not alone on this journey. We're in this together, supporting and empowering one another. Together, we'll overcome obstacles and celebrate victories. With a treasure trove of resources, unwavering support, and a network of like-minded individuals, you'll be amazed at the heights your skills and your business can reach. So don't hesitate to become a member and unlock our full potential of our school skills community. Visit our website and learn more about taking to new heights. If you're not quite ready, don't stress. There's no rush. Listen to a few more episodes before diving in and we'll be here ready to guide you every step of the way. This is an ongoing journey and an evolution and a process we're all committed to together. Once again, thanks for joining. Don't forget to subscribe and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.